WebmasterRadio.fm. Make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. AdTech Connect, your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. Hello, I'm Meredith Medland, and I'm so glad that you're listening to our radio show. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been pre-recorded during the Ad Tech Conference, and we're so glad that you've joined us, and we'd love to give you a flavor of what happens here, along with relevant information that is going to make a difference in your business. We'll be right back after this commercial break and give you information that you need to make a difference in your campaign today. Sit tight and don't move. AdTech Connect. We'll be right back. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch searchmedia.com today. Google AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. Google.com slash AdSense. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? What kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. May I have your Katie Kempner. Katie Kempner. Just a little bit about the hook. The hook. The hook. What I hope to do with the hook is to give you the chance to hear what my friends and colleagues are thinking about doing. 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 People in the marketing, PR, advertising industries right on the forefront and including people that cover these industries. So what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is help you make your job easier. What I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is what I'd like to do is join me each week to a two two o'clock on Tuesdays Tuesday. The intersection of advertising and PR. Katie yes I'm the real Katie Yo, you want the slim Katie's are just demonstrating so want the real slim Katie please stand up please stand up please stand up Cause I'm Slim Katie, yes I'm the real Katie Yo, you want the Slim Katie's are just demotating So won't the real Slim Katie Please stand up, please stand up, please stand up Right here, right here, right here Katie, 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 Katie. Right here 
right here, right here, right here on webmasterradio.fm. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. Webmasterradio.fm. Because not everyone's last name is Gates. Now, back to AdTech Connect, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. You're listening to Webmaster Radio. My name is Meredith Medland, and we're right here on the show floor of AdTech Chicago. And I'm, I'm right here with Dana Todd, who's the Executive VP of SiteLab International, and she's actually in New York now. Hi, Dana. It's great to have you with me. Great to have, great to have you. Great to be here. Yeah, it is great to be here. So we're doing a little some, a little something a little different in this interview, and that is we actually want to get a real quick hit from you about something exciting that's coming up in the future. And I know you're launching a new project, and you're willing to tell us a little bit about it. Absolutely. And, and actually, it's, it's not a site lab project. It's a Sempo project. And for those of you in your audience who don't know what Sempo is, it's the Search Engine Marketing Professional Organization. So it's the largest independent uh, nonprofit trade group specifically for the search marketing industry. And we've partnered with Fair Isaac, who are the providers of technology that help to prevent and correct credit card fraud. And we are going after click fraud, which is certainly one of the most talked about and controversial topics that there is this year, last year, any year, trying to put a number on this and eventually eradicate it, identify it, measure it, eradicate it. So we are going head to head with click fraud with Fair Isaac. And we're going to be recruiting data from anybody who's doing search marketing or any kind of internet marketing. But if you're involved in any way with search marketing and a pay-per-click ad, we want your data. Doesn't matter whether you're agency side, analytics company side, or in-house brander side. If you're if you're doing search, we want your data. It's all going to be anonymized. Uh, Simpo is uh, is working directly with the Fair Isaac team, and our research committee has looked at their methodology and approved it as something we want to be part of. So it's significant, it's secure, and it and it's it's pretty important. We think. Oh, this is fantastic. It's always good to get your hands deep in the clay, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, we, we have to change things. We really want to make things better because we want to make it a well-lit space for advertisers so they can feel a lot more comfortable spending a lot more money in search advertising. Ah, there you go. That's the real answer. That's right. It's all about the money, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you got to say, what comes around goes around. Exactly. Yeah. Commerce is good. Capitalism is good. It's all about American advertising. <laughs> ah, there you go. So what do you see here on the show floor of ad tech that's different for you this year? Um, seeing certainly a lot of analytics products, seeing fewer networks actually than I saw earlier this year, which is for me, I actually kind of like that. I like people kind of really digging down and trying to differentiate significantly for themselves. So the, the networks that I do see here are building a lot more character for themselves, trying to build a very unique footprint, not a lot of just me too's. Yeah, I see a lot from ExpertClick. They're certainly making a, a just another hit here right at AdTech, and we did video with them last uh, last time around in San Francisco. What about, what are you seeing in the people? Uh, a lot of hangovers today. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is true, I'm seeing that too. And have you noticed how the, the political change and environmental change and the launch of Al Gore's new movie, and are, are you seeing a different angle or a lens that people are viewing things through? Well, I am, and I'm kind of grateful to see it. Um, I don't, I'm on the advisory board for AdTech, and one of the things we talked about, like I guess, a year ago or so, when we were planning this, was the idea of, of re-injecting creative the, into the DNA of not just this conference, but the entire industry, and making sure that we always include creative in the conversations because we'd gotten a little bit 
top heavy on the analytics and you know and, and the number crunching bean counting side of things and so it is very refreshing to see a renewed interest in everybody talking about what are you doing that's sexy what is creative what is cool what are we really doing to change things so I like that and then the environmental thing there was a keynote yesterday that that was definitely a, l- a little touchy feely a little bit on the out there to, to and I think that's why people come to ad tech it's not just a trade show you really should sort of expand your mind a little bit and come away feeling like you like you really learned something at a spiritual level so yeah. What did you learn from Laura Lee's keynote? That I should go home and immediately paint my apartment. No, <laughs> no that, that, that the creative space and, and creative attention is, is important. And I, I, I really liked her approach. I couldn't even repeat it back. So I'm going to have to maybe buy her ebook so I can take it back to my team. Because one of the things I want to do, and I need to be personally responsible for my site lab team, is to make sure they're thinking creatively and living a creative life and, and, and a professional work life that's creative as well. So adding it to the the conversation and the process. So that's my goal. Laura Lee's standing right here and she inspired me. Yeah, Laura Lee, we're just talking about your keynote. So right in front of me, we've got Laura Lee and her keynote yesterday was absolutely fantastic. I got to catch about the last 20 minutes of it. Very fun. And then it, it queued up with a little bit of a hot seat and a preparation for your workshop this morning. So... What I want to really talk to you about, Laura Lee, and I want to actually acknowledge you for too, is I feel that you brought something to ad tech this year, which is you were willing to take a stand and talk about what I think we're actually all talking and thinking about in the dinners, but you actually brought it to the forefront with your keynote. Well, thank you. I, it was a leap of faith, you know, quite honestly, because I thought, oh, this is a big risk. I can, I can stand up here and talk about metrics and branding and give case studies about that, the Mac OS that we did or anything else, but that's not what moves me anymore. And that's, you know, I, I thought if I am just bold enough to say who I think that we can be and who this profession can be to lead, we can get there. So I appreciate your saying that. Yeah. Oh, well, you're welcome. What I'd love for you to do right now is for the listeners who weren't present at your keynote, would you give just some of the, the things that you went through? And then if you could follow that up with the question that you actually asked to. <laughs> sure. And what I talked about was the creative continuum. How do you actually set up a flow of ideas and innovation that's infinite? which is what we all want, right? Whether it's deep from in ourselves or in our organizations or from around the world. And I looked at creativity as a way of beginning and continuing through five things. Creative intent is the first step. What you intend is what you get. It is the stone you throw to create a creative ripple in the world. So what is your intention? It starts with that. And next, it involves that ripple effect is creating an environment within the environment of the world. What environment is that? Because whatever product or brand or marketing message you're putting out there is rippling to the people who interact with it. It's changing the way they think and feel and be and behave. And it is uh, also, it's affecting how they then influence our culture and world society and the planet. So what is that creative environment? Then connecting to your creative source. Everybody's got one. I just did a workshop and they all found their source. And that really lies in the depths of our humanity, in the depths under the water of the surface of the ripple that you're creating in the world. There, your physical and cognitive and emotional and spiritual lie. And if you want to flow, a creative flow, you have to connect and fire on all four levels. And when I say spirituality, I mean caring and connecting and creating. That's what I mean by it. And that's the source of your creativity is in that spiritual domain. 
And so when you connect there and you open up so you can co-create, then you get a flow up to the surface from your soul and back again. And then the fourth thing is to um, make creative connections. So you really, all the ripple that you have created to the depths of our souls, whether it's the consumers or any organization on the planet or global interactions through different civil and governmental and business organizations. And the, in response to the atmosphere that's happening too, right? Terrorism, terrorism the war, the, um, God, the technology in general, right? How are we responding to those? You need to connect up to all those points and to connect into all of the creativity that is happening, often a lot of it not positive, um, but turning it into positive. And the fifth is really going with that creative flow once you've got it in a way that you produce a triple bottom line plus one. I add design integrity to economic prosperity, ec environmental stewardship, and social responsibility. So when you do all these things, creative intent, creative environment, creative source, creative connections, and creative flow, you got it. There's nothing in your way. Then all you got to do is just take a deep breath. <laughs> and go. And go. And so the question that I have for the listeners is this. If you could harness the power of technology the reach of marketing and the flow of creativity what would we get that's so that the listeners get a chance to actually come up with their own answer okay so write it down dana what's your answer ad tech ah! what are some of the other answers that came up in your workshop or in the keynote um uh a collective intelligence where we all work together to solve the world's problems that we're facing from AIDS to poverty to third world debt. That was the, um, the largest answer that we got. Um, also heard from, uh, got an answer, something around, um, we would actually create pure potential. Um, and then I, somebody in the near vicinity said something about divinities, what we'd get. Right? <laughs> Laura Lee went on, and Susan Bratt and I went on a beautiful boat ride of uh, the architecture of Chicago. And so I got a little chance to hear the question. And that was, that was the answer that I, just came to my mind, divinities. So we're being our full, most fantastic, self-expressed, in integrated, wonderful selves. And so What's better than that? I, that, that's, that's what it's all about for me. Sounds right to me. All right. So they call it Soul Man, but now it's the Soul Women. Here we are, hey. right here in a circle. This is great. So thank you so much for bringing strong content to our show here on Webmaster Radio. A little bit of soul, a little bit of love, and to keep us in the flow. So, ladies, <laughs> thank you so much. Laura Lee, Dana Todd, great to have you with us. My name is Meredith Medland, and we're here live on the show floor of AdTech Chicago 2006, getting ready for the 21st century. My name is Meredith Medland, and I'm here on Webmaster Radio at the AdTech Chicago show. Standing right in front of me is Dan Warner, who's the COO from Fabulous.com. But what's most fabulous about what you're about to hear is you're going to learn about the power and the purpose of domain names. G'day. How are you? I'm doing great. So this is, a, this is fantastic. Um, Dan and I have been talking on the couch, actually, and had a, a great conversation right before this, and I'd love for him to educate all of you about domain names, and hopefully you can learn a few more things from this show. Domains are actually a very in interesting industry. It's, it's something that's very unknown to uh, most people in the internet marketing space, is that 
about 10% of all the searches that are created to search revenue actually comes from professionally owned domain names. Um, this traffic is generally monetized through Google or Yahoo, and they pay us for having search list listings on the pages. Well, what I love is you were giving a lot of examples. Houston Tools was an example that you gave earlier. So I'd love for you to share with our audience, particularly those of the audience members who are marketers and who are thinking about how to launch new businesses or effectively place their products or take a look at what their current domain name is, opening up a whole bunch of new marketing channels. Maybe looking at a new domain name is actually something important. Well, it definitely is. I mean, you, you find that a lot of webmasters actually go and spend thousands of dollars. Even even the smallest uh, small business website costs about $10,000 to produce nowadays. And they turn around and they put it on to one of the worst domains you could possibly think of. It has nothing to do with what, the, what their business is about. Uh, the best domains are actually domains that are descriptive, uh, memorable, short, uh, good-looking, and generic. Uh, if, if you look at a domain name that is, is not descriptive, QRS.com, what does that mean? Um, if, if you have a domain that's something more like HoustonTools.com, it says very descriptively what the business is about that you're looking for. And if you're in Houston and you're looking for tools, what else are you going to type into an address bar than HoustonTools.com to see where that's at? brings up the point of why do people actually type in domains as a search into a toolbar. Uh, and we, what, what I found in the original research that we've done is that it is very much a searching behavior. If you type in something into the address bar, it's very similar to typing a phrase into a search bar. And there's actually a direct correlation between the number of times that someone types in a phrase, like Houston Tools, into a search bar, and the number of times that HoustonTools.com actually gets typed in by users. And that is a fairly linear correlation between the two. And there's a similar type of behavior that actually happens in the search engines. In the search engines, domains actually get typed into the search bar. And the number of times that domains are typed into a search bar has a direct correlation to how many times a domain actually gets typed into an address bar as well. So this cross-correlation actually shows very distinctively um, that with empirical data you can tell that this is a searching behavior. Uh, this is not just for grandmas that actually don't understand what they're doing and it's poor quality traffic. It's actually very much a searching behavior and it's unilateral with the same type of quality as well. We spoke earlier about the concept of if you're uh, of seattleboats.com or seattleboating.com to be able to put the city name in front of the product that's being searched for and the value of that. Can you speak a little more of that to our audience, please? Sure. Um, a lot. Not everybody can actually own sailing.com. Uh, fantastic domain, but you're talking about a very high ticket item. Uh, or fabulous domain. Or fabulous. <laughs> or fabulous.com, because only one company can own that. There you go. you got to get the plug in, right? For those listeners who didn't really catch that, the name of Dan's company is fabulous.com, and that's where you can find more information. But keep going for us. You're doing a great job educating us. Okay, so sailing.com is actually a fantastic domain name. But if you're a small business that's actually in uh, <laughs> Seattle and you have a, uh, a small fleet of, of sailing boats or something for rental, you're not going to be able to afford sailing.com. But you certainly can probably afford seattlesailing.com or seattlesailingrentals.com. And what's really nice about those domains is they're completely descriptive and generic, and they tell you the user exactly what that does. An added benefit is when you're a webmaster and you get organic or paid search listings and you have seattlesailing.com, when people are looking for that exact phrase and they see the domain, there's a much higher click rate 
click-through rate as well, which reduces your marketing dollars and makes much more effective uh, on and offline marketing. It's interesting to me. There's uh, another company that I know about. Their uh, their URL is eomega.org, but their company name is Omega Institute, and that's a domain they've had for many, 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 many years. So what kind of advice do you give companies who have used the E because that was popular in the the, I don't know, early 90s, I guess, and they haven't changed domain names. There are some advantages to actually having a very distinctive brand that is very unique. I mean, pharmaceutical companies do it all the time. Uh, they get a, a, a new drug. They name it something like Aleve. You know, Aleve. What should they own? They should, own, they should definitely own Aleve.com. Um, but you think about other circumstances, like you have asthma medications, and you may want to have the exact... Uh, patentable trademark type of, of domains and brands in order to be able to um, protect those brands. But at the same time, when somebody has asthma, um, looking for asthma information, or they, they want to actually own that space, they also need to own asthma.com and all the other associated asthmaproblems.com, asthmadisease.com, everything related to asthma. What should happen is when someone is looking for asthma information or a specific ailment or any of those types of things that their medication can actually alleviate or help with, that all those places should become point, points of pointing to uh, their primary brand and or their asthma.com uh, website that they actually create themselves. Because this is micromarketing at its best. Uh, the domain names are nothing more, or, or phrase marketing in search engines is nothing more than the ultimate micromarketing machine. And to, if you consider that as domains are, are the real estate of the internet, you need to actually own all the phrases that relate to your industry and create a portfolio of domain names that are really going to represent your space so that you can corner the market, own the vertical, and, and dominate the competition. It's all about dominating the competition, isn't it? It always is, isn't it? <laughs> so you're a speaker here at AdTech in Chicago. Tell us what you're going to be speaking about. Well, we're actually talking about the d power of domains and domain marketing. Um, everything's very much in a generic sense. We're not really pitching a product here. Uh, what we're really doing is just trying to inform people in the Internet marketing space and the public about what the nature of domains is, why it's so important to businesses now and in the future, and what to really consider when they're trying to build a business. They, they need... From the very first thing of trying to decide what the name of the business is going to be, um, I actually recommend to people they should go find the domain name first uh, before they actually name their business so that they can have a direct alignment with whatever the domain strategy is going to be. And very much like IP protection, uh, there's a, a saying that say you need to, you need to, with IP protection, you need to actually create a thicket of protection. And that means that you need to go get every trademark um, that you could possibly think of, every copyright, every patent, all those types of things. The domain space is no different. If you want to actually participate in a market and you want to control that market, you need to create a thicket of marketing, which means that you need to own every domain name that has anything to do with your space and control that space because as time goes on, um, marketing dollars and, and each phrase for that, that market now is actually going to cost you more and more money to get that traffic later from the search engines. And it will cut, those domains are going to continue to appreciate in price. Uh, they're going up 20, 50, 100% per year per domain. Uh, and those, those prices are going to get out of reach of a lot of the small business owners today. If they don't actually start, start buying into this market and figuring out what they want to do with the web strategy going forward. 
Well, I really appreciate how much you're educating me and our audience and sharing this information. It's really, it's really a pleasure to, uh, to speak with you. Thank you. What, what's ahead for the next two days? What, what else are you looking for while you're here in Chicago? You live here, right? No, I, I live in Brisbane, Australia. Really? Is that true? Well, I'm looking at your name tag and it says Chicago, Illinois, but you live in Australia. My goodness. Well, give us a little, a little taste of what it's like there. That's what we should be talking about. Give our, give our listeners a little sense. They're at their desks right now listening. Give them a sense of what it's like to be in Australia. Well, I'm a previous Yank myself, so I, I came from Seattle, Washington, um, and went to Australia about 15 years ago. And I've got to say it's one of the most fantastic places on earth to live. Uh, it's an extraordinary place to do business. And, um, you know, my company owns 550,000 websites, and we're in little old Brisbane, Australia. It really shows you how online the, uh, the Internet is and, and how you don't have to be any, in any centralized location in order to do real business. So you've created a life that you love and that you can cr- live and travel from anywhere. It sounds, it sounds pretty fabulous. It is. It's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is Dan Warner. He's the COO of Fabulous.com, and uh, he'll be speaking at uh, AdTech Chicago. I hope you had a great time uh, getting a little more education. And if you need any more information, you can contact him at? Dan at Fabulous.com. All right. What a great URL. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day, and we'll be back right after this. Sit tight and don't move. AdTech Connect. We'll be right back. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source, all while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. Click Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zafolia.com, writes, Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. Party like a rock star. I thought you were going to stay tonight, aren't you? Well, I am. I was originally going to, you know, try and a few extra people popping into town. Going to have to hook up a few beers and, you know, get stupid back. I almost got the feeling they were tossing back some drinks <laughs> or something. Maybe Matt has finally given up the Sprite. Party like a rock star. It is like after 7 o'clock down here, which means it's 
way past drinking time. Yep. I think I'm going to head out, and we're going to go to this little club here called the Flying Saucer. Sit out on the patio, drink some Blue Moons. You party like a rock star. We'll sit uh, down by the bay and have a, a nice evening uh, in Canada cocktail. Maybe you and I will have to throw a party. We'll have to charge money to let people in, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll be like the guys in high school charging three bucks a head for the two kegger in the backyard. Hey, that works for me. SEO Rockstars. Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. FM. Now, back to AdTech Connect, only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Here's your host. You're listening to Webmaster Radio. My name is Meredith Medland, and I'm standing right here in the middle of the sessions with Kevin Ryan. How are you, darling? Kevin Ryan, of course, as we all know, is the CEO and founder of Kinetic Results. So, Kevin, what's going on in the sessions? What are the things that are being said that haven't been said a million times before? Wow. Uh, you know, I, I actually spent, uh, I had a great session yesterday with... Uh, bunch of people from uh, search engine marketing and talking about uh, ultra complex search is a lot of fun uh, so I mean everybody would uh, almost admit that I think every type of search these days is ultra complex but uh, you know using some of the newer uh, brand techniques uh, the gentleman from Motorola talked about uh, scoring methodology for evaluating search which includes uh, just about every aspect of measurement that you can with search so Brand impact, um, site scoring to determine which part of the site was was most effective, and which most of the paid search users clicked on. So you're actually instead of just evaluating direct response rates, you're actually evaluating uh, the impact of each portion of the site and assigning a value to them. It's pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. What else are you hearing out there? Oh, good heavens. Uh, let's see. There was uh, There's an awful lot of talk about video. Um, everybody seems to uh, think it's the next big thing, but nobody seems to know how or when. Uh, my personal opinion is uh, I think the networks are going to get involved uh, very quickly and very heavily, uh, and we'll see that uh, start to evolve very quickly. How soon do you think that's going to happen? I mean, it coincides with uh, with broadband and usage. So, uh, broadband is has kind of reached its critical mass point now. It's just a matter of uh, users starting to adopt and presenting it to them in a format that's consumable, that's usable, that's that's practical, uh, as opposed to here's some video and gee whiz, why don't you look at this, uh, you know, three pixel size screen and. Uh, hope that uh, there's some level of interaction with it. I think most people are trying to find a, a healthy combination of uh, what's practical and what's usable as opposed to uh, what's going to generate the most ad revenue. So there's a happy medium in there somewhere. Indeed there is. Yeah, I mean, you, you, the biggest thing to avoid, I guess, is, is intrusiveness. Um, there's a lot of rich media out there now that's just really intrusive, really annoying. And uh, will ultimately, uh, even though it shows response rates, is going to end up alienating consumers and alienating users. Yeah, and affecting the brands. Yeah, I mean, you know, you really you see a lot of people touting the uh, response rates, but at the same time, you're not. Uh, nobody's really measuring the negativity and uh, the all-important user apathy, which. You know, is something that we need to start taking a look at. Uh, indeed. I'm going to switch gears on you for just a moment here. So I'm interested in the lens that you view your contacts here 
at AdTech with. And what I mean by that is as you're meeting and greeting new people, what information are you using to decipher the amount of time that you spend with them, the connection that you continue to make with them, and the conversations you have with them? <laughs> How much money they're spending on online advertising? <laughs> um, I'm kidding. Most no, you're not. Part of me is kidding. Uh, I mean, I, I'm on the advisory board, and I've been involved with AdTech for a long time now. So a lot of the people here have become old friends. Um, and the most important, I, I think, thing that I look for in people is a sense of genuineness, uh, a sense of, uh, I, I guess, real nature. Uh, to them, uh, you can very, very quickly tell if people are on the level and if they are trying to sell you vaporware. Um, so that's that's pretty much what I look for. And as you uh, look around at all the different sessions and the content that's here, what do you see is coming forward in the next year for content? Definitely mobile marketing ecosystems. <laughs> I'm reading one of the uh, one of the session descriptions here. Uh, I mean, you see a healthy combination here of uh, leading-edge, high-level stuff combined with uh, very practical, very pragmatic approaches to the everyday conundrums that you face in online advertising. So um, I, I would see continued uh, a focus on actionable items and you know, probably a smaller portion of here's where the space is going and here's what you should be doing to prepare for it. And what about the uh, what about here's what you should do personally or here's what you should do environmentally? What about those two issues? Yeah, I mean that's probably not uh, <laughs> probably not a whole lot of you, of what you're going to see here. I mean environmentally, as it relates to, are you supporting the NRA or the Feminist Majority Foundation? Of which I do both because I I feel bad if I support the NRA and not the Feminist Majority Foundation. Because, I mean, if you're going to, right, so if you're going to support one, you may as well support the other and let them duke it out and just really entertain yourself. Um, but, I, I mean, there's, uh, as far as the environment of the culture of, of online advertising, I, I hope to see some continued focus on professional development and strategic thinking because I think that's one of the things that we see a big void in in the business here. Yeah, it's interesting to me because as we're out here in the sessions rooms, we've got uh, you know the Ad Tech uh, Connect Hot Seat, which is a game of intimacy that has people sit in a circle and be able to ask questions to anybody. We're actually in uh, in the room over here on our right. We've got more information about just how to effectively manage your email box. We had um, uh, some personas information, and there's definitely there's definitely a different feel, and I think that's been brought by Laura Lee's keynote, where she actually spent a lot of time talking about the importance of creativity and making commitments, and what's going on with the environment and sustainability. So there's an interesting integration and intersection that's occurring this year. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, again. I mean, on the advisory board, you get to you get to see all this stuff firsthand. Uh, I was actually kind of on the fence um, with the Ad Tech Connect stuff at first. Um, you know, I, I really didn't think anybody cared what I had for breakfast, you know, cornflakes. But uh, I've done some interviews since then, and you know, when you're an industry personality, you get email from a lot of different people for a whole lot of different reasons. Uh, and, it, and it's actually pretty interesting to to do that and uh, get some of the feedback that I've gotten. I've gotten a lot of emails from uh, 
and actually phone calls, oddly enough, from people that have either heard one of the radio interviews that I've done, uh, which weren't as much focused on business as, as where I've come and what I've done, things like that. Um, so I think people like to hear that stuff. I think people, uh, if they would just make the time and uh, attend these sessions, I think people will, uh, will actually like to hear them. Fantastic. Well, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and to talk to you today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Have a great show. All right. Thanks so much. My name is Meredith Medland, and you're listening to Webmaster Radio. Welcome to Webmaster Radio. My name is Meredith Medland, and we're right here on the show floor at AdTech on day two, and we're with Hunter Hastings. He's the CEO of the EMM Group and gave a fantastic presentation this morning at 9 a.m. Hunter, what was the thing that lit up the audience the most about what you shared with them? Hi, Meredith. Well, we were talking about the next revolution in marketing and the fact that it has to be based on standards, and the new standards are going to be how we measure the new form of marketing, which is customer engagement. We can define customer engagement. Until now, we haven't been able to measure it. And I was able to present a complete way of measuring customer engagement to achieve the output that you want, which is loyal, profitable, high cash flow customers. And how do you measure that? Well, you ask customers which of the contacts that we make with them have the most influence over them on three bases, what we call cognitive, did it give them information that was useful? Emotional, did it make them feel different about the product or service they're thinking about? And behavioral, did they do anything about it? Did they buy, did they look for more information? And the reason why the the new way of doing this works is that any contact can be given equal weight with any other. It doesn't matter whether it's a webcast or a podcast or a TV ad or a radio ad, an ad on the side of a bus, word of mouth, a sales visit, each one is a contact. And so we treat them all equally. We don't bias between old media and new media or, or mainstream versus niche. And we can weight any one of those with those cognitive, effective, behavioral weights so that, in fact, a sales visit can be weighted more highly than a traditional advertisement, and therefore you can allocate more marketing dollars to it to get the right output. So you're teaching marketers how to make sure that the campaigns that they'd like to present are making sense and based on ROI. Absolutely. We're teaching marketing how to measure. And the problem in the past is we tend to measure what we call in our process wonk language, inputs. So something like awareness or a rating point is an input. What you want to do is measure output. Did I get sales? Did I get revenue? Did I get a behavior change? And if I did, what drove that? And if you measure the output and then measure the driver without being biased as to what that driver should be, then you can create an integrated marketing campaign that's totally objective, totally based on what works. Now, your company, EMM Group, is located in San Francisco. Who are some of the clients you work with? We're we're a a very modern company. We have very few rooftops, as they say. We're a virtual company. Our, Our major office is in San Rafael. And we've worked for a lot of the major corporations who are trying to uh, make the change to the new marketing. So we started out in package goods with people like Procter & Gamble and Kimberly-Clark, both great corporations. 
Since then, we've worked in high tech with people like Yahoo and Microsoft. And now we're starting to do a lot of work in B2B with, uh, with the pharmaceutical industry and, and other industries. Um, IBM is one of the companies that we do a lot of this uh, measurement work for. So we started to span a lot of industries, which is really interesting because marketing is a horizontal. It works in any vertical as long as you do the right kind of measurement and have the right process. Indeed, this is true. So do you have a sample case study, something you shared this morning that you can share with our audience? Well, we, we were talking about a new system of measurement, and we call it customer engagement points. And in the past, you used to think about rating points. Well, these are customer engagement points. Which contacts had the most of those cognitive, behavioral, effective weights and were most effective in driving results? So we talked through all of the, all of the principles of that. And then we talked about how to manage the process so that you're totally unbiased from which, which area you come from. Good, very good. A lot of, the, a lot of big companies, our, our longest engagement has been with uh, Kimberly Clark in Wisconsin over five years where we've really done a lot of work on the whole end-to-end marketing process. You're looking around the show floor at AdTech, taking a look at the industry. What are we going to look like in three years from now? Well, we think marketing is going to be completely different in, uh, I'm not sure, three years, but in the future. So the past is about an ad hoc, creative-based, um, not very predictable kind of way of going to market. You invented a campaign. You're not sure who to send it to. You're not sure what the results are going to be. The future is going to be a much more process-based, measurement-based, predictable constantly fine-tuned discipline. So you know when you spend your money, you know what return you're going to get. What I see when I look around the floor here is is tons of um, small companies, innovative companies, entrepreneurs, people who are going to make a difference. And one of the elements of the old marketing is the big companies had the resources and they had the research and they had the ways to build marketing systems. The future is going to be that it's going to be much more innovative, much more entrepreneurial. Small companies can have the same success as big companies. In fact, they've got a better chance at it because they're far more agile and far more willing to change. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And last question. So as a uh, as a CEO, as someone who's on the go and busy and staying up to uh, speed with what's happening on the leading edge, what do you do to cultivate your spirit and your creativity? Well, I live in um, the bottom end of wine country. And so I'm a big fan of... Uh, of wine, not just for its alcoholic content and its uh, its uh, calming effect, but there's a very interesting history in wine. There's a very interesting art and the creativity of wine. There's now a very interesting science in how you manage the taste profiles and the results. And of course, there's a huge marketing interest. So to uh, restore my spirit, I just got to drive up the road to Napa Valley and uh, immerse myself in the wine industry, figuratively and literally. Ah, fantastic. Well, cheers to you and thank you so much for joining us on the show. My name's Meredith Medland and we're here with Hunter Hastings. He's the CEO of EMM Group, located right in San Francisco, California. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. We'll be back right after this with more exciting news on webmasterradio.fm. Sit tight and don't move. Ad Tech Connect. We'll be right back. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types 
hooker, escort, hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes, one click, great results. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, textlinkads.com. How do you choose the right affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com. Learning how to monetize your domains. Zero dollars. Listening to affiliate marketing tips on your iPod. Zero dollars. Getting the latest search news on your cell phone. Zero dollars. Listening to Dave N. talk about garlic breath. Well, worthless. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to AdTech Connect. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. You're listening to WebmasterRadio.fm. My name is Meredith Medland, and sitting right across from me on the show floor of Chicago AdTech is David Hutchinson. He's the SVP of Business Development over at Program Partners, and he's much more than that. You're on the, the board of directors for AdTech. You've been around for a long time. You're a veteran in the industry, and you've done a great favor to all of us at this conference, and that's hooking us up with Hunter Hastings. We just got done talking to him. He's the CEO of the EMM Group and provided some amazing information on the state of marketing, where it's going, and what's going on. And David... I'd love for you to break it down for us today, and, and we just talked to him a little bit, but take some of that high-level stuff and, and reiterate the key concepts that you heard. Yeah, well, what's interesting, and, and God bless Hunter for, you know, A, coming to sort of give that presentation that he did, and uh, to condense it the way he did in fairly succinct terms. I mean, what he's talking about is nothing less than the sort of operational, organizational transformation of the sort of 20th century industrial corporation with their departments and silos and sort of product-centric uh, uh, business disciplines, uh, and literally transforming that American corporation that we've known for a hundred years into a more informational, more relational, more horizontal uh, corporate structure, going from silos to cross-functional teams, which is really kind of the pesky sort of challenge that you don't really hear marketers typically talking about. There's a lot of talk about how the consumer is in control and is in charge and 360-degree marketing or multi-channel marketing or the marketing mix, and everybody intellectually gets that, and it is critical, and we do have to shift from sort of a, uh, a supply-side sort of uh, economy and mentality to more of a, a respect for the demand side. 
so they're really just sort of transition from the previous century to the new century, from the industrial to the information, from the hierarchical to the relational. Um, but not a lot of attention to that pesky, you know, sort of uh, execution part of how to make that transition. Um, you know, what are the metrics? What are the standards? What kinds of software? Uh, being very clear that you shouldn't even talk about hardware or software or any technology until you work out what your particular processes are for your business, for your company, for your category. And looking to um, use some disciplines that actually have been around for a while in the world of project management and program management and portfolio management, an area that I actually have drilled down into because I recognized many years ago that this kind of modern marketing challenge was not so much a capital M marketing challenge so much as it really is an operational organizational challenge, uh, operational organizational transformation. And aside from freaks like myself, uh, to see somebody else, uh, Hunter Hastings, I mean, an XP engineer, um, he and uh, Gordon Wade, some other folks heading up the EMM group, uh, working with some very large clients and literally doing what I've just been describing and what he described this morning was kind of applying certain you know methods um, and proven practices to help corporations make that kind of organizational transformation to being genuinely customer focused. And so if a, if a company is genuinely customer focused, or actually I should say if a company is not genuinely customer focused, what did you hear were some of the first steps that they could do to start that process? Um, well, one is being honest about what your processes are. I mean, companies, you know, they're around for decades and they get rather large and, you know, you can get into ruts. You can sort of focus in on doing things certain ways. I mean, as simple as it sounds, sometimes really stepping back and realizing that, gee, we either need formalized processes or we need to understand what our processes are. And if we don't know any of the above, we better get into a big room with a lot of whiteboards and figure it out. Um, he also talked about sort of um, production cycles. And that was a very kind of a key thing to kind of uh, to focus in on because, as we all know now, and certainly from the tech sector, you're from California and Silicon Valley, I mean, sort of time to market from concept design, product, production, execution, ship, customer gets it, do they like it, does it work or not, do we have to go into 2.0, 3.0? And so these sort of design release cycles uh, have become very fast. And now it's even catching up to the world of marketing, which has historically not been very prompt or efficient with their sort of uh, design release cycles. And so now if marketing is to catch up with the rest of our kind of fiber optic speed, online 24-7 web-based world, um, that's going to take some change. And so that really kind of step one, understanding your processes and understanding that the sort of typical model is way too slow if it is to kind of keep pace with the kind of the world that the consumer and the customer, B2B, B2C, are used to. So there's a lot of companies that I've noticed at this show that are, I would say, mid-tier companies, mid to lower tier companies. And I've noticed, in fact, I just met someone who is working with Loyola's, Loyola University's, their doctor, uh, doctor medical hospital area, and he's redesigning their whole website. And it's got massive content, and they need systems in place. So I, I've met him. I've heard of other uh, companies that are starting to re-engineer their whole website. A lot of these companies are companies that have catalogs or information uh, that they're sending out in printed material and now want to upgrade the website. There's a lot of movement toward video right now. So as it relates to the things that Hunter shared this morning, how do companies of mid-size start to put systems in place without getting completely overwhelmed by the amount of rapid change that happens from 
from really starting at ground zero and starting over again? Yeah, I mean, you're sort of touching on several things at once. Um, one is you can't stop time. I mean, when you're sort of uh, looking at a daunting task, like redesigning a website or a corporation for that matter, um, you know, if you could stop time and spend a lot of, you know, time and money and resources to kind of just nail it, you know, a database and asset management and uh, a wonderful shopping cart and a great front end and wonderful graphic design, um, you know, that would be great. Unfortunately, you can't stop time. And so on one hand, while you're sort of striving for, for perfection, if it's a new web design or if it's uh, adding new assets or some organizational change, um, sort of step one is to be sort of disciplined and sort of stepped or phased about that project. Understand that it uh, will be iterative and ongoing. And to sort of plan accordingly uh, under those kind of macro understandings. Um, fortunately, the technology sort of under the hood has come a long way. Uh, you know, database software, database management, asset management um, has come a long way. It's a lot more user-friendly. You don't have to parachute a team of people to come in and customize things so much as you used to. That's helpful. Um, a lot of things are more wizard-driven and templatized. And so, gratefully, a lot of the kind of technology and moving parts has kind of hit a certain rhythm. So at least that part is not so daunting as it used to be. Um, uh, so, so that's the good news. The, the, the challenge, I guess, is that, again, back to that corporate, that sort of pesky corporate challenge of just, you know, the human factor, you know, relationships, uh, corporate structure, um, uh, you know, organizational alignment, uh, and these other issues. Um, so if it comes to kind of redesigning a website, which is increasingly becoming synonymous with redesigning a company, i.e. getting your call center to communicate with your web people and your TV people to communicate with your print people and a lot of these sort of multi-channel integrated marketing things that people like Hunter are talking about. Um, that's the hard part, you know. So um, there's some disciplines there, again, in the world of formal project and program management that can be applied to some of these challenges you just touched on. Um, but while the IT community is familiar with project and program management disciplines, um, you know, initiating, planning, executing, controlling, and closing, um, the marketing community has not been typically familiar with these disciplines. Um, a, because they're a little intimidating, and B, that just message hasn't gotten out to the marketing community so far. Um, what's great about guys like Hunter is that they're, I hope, keeping a lot of marketing gurus, quote unquote, from reinventing some of these project and program sort of uh, uh, and portfolio management disciplines. So uh, I think the changes here you see on the floor, um, examples like Loyola, are just kind of um, representative of changes happening all over the country in different categories. Yeah, and the thing that's most exciting about it for me is that it change, changes strategy. It changes the actual way that a marketing strategist or a Web 2.0 strategist actually attempts to convey initial messages to a company because they're grounded a lot more in systems and uh, architecture, I guess, than all, all sorts of ideas. They can be mapped back to ROI really, 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 really. And that, that's a change. It's not always been like that. Well, you're sort of touching on something that uh, Naris uh, Ishimbadi, uh, a guy I actually had on a panel last year, uh, talks about the strategy execution gap. You know, uh, and here we are back to processes and kind of connecting the dots between the kind of you know, C-level corner office strategic vision of the company and the brand with the sort of pesky day-to-day -day executional stuff. And, and to me, there's always this wonderful sort of fractal-like interconnectivity between projects, which are kind of typically temporary and unique and very specific, but many projects that can make up a program. 
and a company has multiple programs, various initiatives in the organization, which fit into the company's larger portfolio of strategic initiatives. And so there are five process groups, nine knowledge areas. Um, this is not new stuff, but to marketing it's kind of new. But what's delightful about it, uh, and it's what's hopefully delightful about marketing someday recognizing this wonderful superstructure which already exists, is to kind of close that strategy execution gap and have everybody from the lowliest kind of worker on the on the sort of factory floor, if you will, to the corporate executive, be speaking the same language about strategy and executing against that strategy. And we'll all get a lot further if we speak the same language, won't we? Uh, that's the plan, certainly. <laughs> so I'd love to talk to you about these TV shows you're launching. A little bit different, uh, a, a little bit different bend in the road here, but it certainly pe- piqued my curiosity. You want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, it's really. I mean, you know, in college I was a communications major. In the 80s, I was in the TV production and distribution business, both internationally and domestically. Uh, for various reasons, um, the TV syndication uh, business that I was particularly in with uh, some partners kind of dried up in the end of the uh, 90s. Uh, the WB network launched, the UPN network launched. Uh, there was a vertical consolidation in the media industry in general. Um, we uh, gratefully made a transition into uh, the world of the web, got involved in CD-ROM and digital entertainment, video on demand, interactive television, and actually did a lot of that out of Toronto, Canada, where a company called City TV uh, was headquartered in their global uh, company with multiple brands, multiple channels and networks, but were pioneers in the world of interactive television. Um, I could tell you all about why they're pioneers, but for a couple of TV guys to learn about computers and the web, uh, was delightful. So I literally spent the 90s learning all about technology and interactive media and online entertainment. Um, did some time with a dot-com online music company back in L.A. in the late 90s. Caught the tail end of that colorful little uh, dot-com buzz. Um, when the bubble burst dropped out, had a couple of kids and circled back with my partners and friends and discovered that despite kind of the vertical consolidation and the clear power that these media companies were commanding, there were some niches and some opportunities in the sort of uh, program supply side of the business. And so Program Partners was formed about three years ago, essentially kind of exploiting little opportunities if it's in digital cable, uh, if it's in the syndication business, which we're kind of focusing on right now. And uh, just kind of strategically solving a lot of pain. Uh, we're get different shows in different categories, procedural crime, family entertainment. Uh, but one thing that's consistent about our programming is that it's all very high quality. Um, and, you know, you'll never go wrong if, you know, you have a commitment to quality, even in television. <laughs> and so Da Vinci's Inquest is a very uh, popular show, uh, procedural crime drama that was launched in September. It's doing very well in syndication. Uh, Sony Pictures Television is helping us out with the national ad sales for that barter show. Uh, we're launching Cold Squad and Stone Undercover this fall, which are similar shows, procedural crime dramas. And for various reasons, there's just a lot of pain in the TV industry right now at the lower sort of station level. So we're kind of uh, solving that pain and uh, having a lot of fun and uh, growing the business. I like that. That sounds lots of fun. So what's the most exciting thing that you've seen at AdTech Chicago? Um, well, you know, getting Hunter Hastings in here, of course. Um, you know, having, you know, another ad tech show, of course, you know, just seeing the brand build and uh, to constantly kind of, uh, you know, grow the brand. Um, you know, as we've talked a lot in the past, Meredith, you and I, um, uh, you know, ad tech is, is uh, I like to believe, I think, is becoming increasingly clear show by show, year by year, is that it's creating a center of gravity where there probably wouldn't be one otherwise. You know, um, you know I've been so fond of helping uh, the, the conference kind of have as a, as a kind of a, of a tagline or a moniker, you know, media marketing technology. There's been so much noise and confusion about, you know, online versus offline and, 
you know, cable television, broadcast television, radio broadcasting, you know, um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you can break everything that goes on in the world down to three base elements, which are, by the way, interdependent. The world of media, the world of marketing, and the world of technology. And if you sort of recognize this kind of foundation of these sort of three interdependent base elements and recognize that the world boils down to these three interdependent base elements, that frees you up to get beyond the clutter and the noise and confusion about all the sort of transitional stuff that the industry is wrestling with and have a fresher, cleaner, more 21st century conversation about where all this stuff is going business-wise. And I think so, you know, a show like Chicago kind of is another opportunity to reiterate that, to continue to communicate that. Uh, you know, I affectionately, you know, uh, refer to the ATEC audience as the new guard. You know, there's kind of the old guard, the established media marketing kind of community. And um, uh, you'd mentioned here earlier about folks on the floor being kind of that middle tier um, there's not um, an overflow of CEOs uh, on campus, uh, but uh, you have a lot of, uh, of tomorrow CEOs who are here. And they already get what Hunter Hastings is talking about, you know, and they know that it's about cross-functional teams and, you know, um, uh, a more kind of relational business model and that the consumer is literally and has to be built into the uh, value proposition and so forth. So um, that, the panels, the workshops, you know, the, the booths on the floor, keynote speakers, Susan Brad, what can I say? And of course, the uh, the welcoming and the introduction of Drew Iami as being the new chair for next year. Um, so you know, and that was, I guess, basically formally announced here at, at AdTech Chicago. Uh, the beautiful weather, and of course, you know, seeing all the friendly faces again. Well, it's it's really nice to have you on the show, and it's great to talk to you and um, and just remember and to have gratitude for how phenomenal this industry is. And the thing that I love most about what you said, other than Susan Bratton, you know, my friend, I love love that part, but is that this is a place where we're seeing the next CEOs, and I couldn't agree with you more. The people that I've seen, some of the people I've interviewed, I'm talking to, these are some younger people with big vision and they're doing exactly the kind of things that Hunter talked about. So thank you so much for bringing him to us. Thanks for being on our show. And it's uh, really been a pleasure to talk to you, David. Thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you too, Meredith. Excellent. And that wraps up our show for this week. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Meredith Medlin. We hope you enjoyed our coverage from AdTech. And we're going to see you again. Looking forward to more ways to connect you live. The speed of sound. Webmasterradio.fm. The flamethrower.